Hello everyone, this is a personal synthesis podcast. With me is the creator of personal synthesis, arguably the most comprehensive personal development guide, Dr. Nesh Popovic. Good afternoon, Nesh. How are you? I'm well, and uh, I suppose you are well too, but can I ask you something else? Are you happy? I am happy. Let me quickly summarize why I ask you if you're happy. As you mentioned, we are talking today about harmonization, and that's about resolving internal conflicts. Conflicts are different from problems. Problems that we have in life are usually visible, things that come from outside. Let's say you have a problem at work or the relationship and so on. Inner conflicts are different because they are conflicts within us, something that other people can't see. So two parts of yourself in a conflict. Some scholars believe that resolving those inner conflicts, having that inner harmony, having your peace of mind is the secret of happiness. You mentioned you don't have completely that uh, harmony right now. Yeah. Would you like yeah. to tell us a little bit more about that? I don't want to pry on your personal thing, so just tell us whatever you want to tell us. I think that human being as I am, I'm very fast human being. I, I like to move fast my the thoughts, my ideas. I like to make my ideas come to life very fast. But because of that, I never had complete harmony inside myself. Let me explain like this. Even if I don't have inner conflicts or, or problems, I'm going to find something. Uh, and then I'm uh, like I'm making my own inner conflicts uh, on purpose. For, for the sake of our listeners, can you give us an example, a concrete example? Many of that is about work. You think that you should do something. And then as soon as you make a decision, you then start thinking, oh, I should do something else. We experience inner conflicts when we are making decisions. This is very common. Part of you wants uh, this and part of you want that. And those two parts then get into conflict. Can you think about any other types of conflicts besides decision-making? Conflicts about private nature. For example, should you tell your friend something that you found out? Or should you be quiet? So part of you wants to say something, the other part doesn't. So that's another type of conflict. Internal conflicts are very often related to interpersonal relationships. It's often about other people and our behavior. So this is, in a way, behavioral conflict. We can also have other types of conflict, let's say emotional conflict. You may have contradictory feelings towards somebody else. A part of you may love that person, be in love with that person, and the other part may hate them and feel angry at the same time. So that's an emotional conflict. Or you may have a conflict of your will, if you like. Part of you wants that cake in the fridge in the middle yeah. of the night, or wants that extra drink, or wants to stay late playing games, and part of you is shouting, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah, right, that's a conflict. And then, next day, you also may have conflict between 
a part of you that is suffering from a hangover or being tired and so on, and part of feeling guilty, feeling uh, remorse, feeling even angry with oneself, having low, low self-esteem. These are all indications, all signs of internal conflicts. That also shows the difference between, let's say, pleasure and enjoyment and happiness. So let's say you wanted to stay late, even if you know that you'll be tired next day or you want to have a, a that cake or extra drink and so on. You do that because at that point you enjoy these things. But then what happens next day, that enjoyment is gone, but you are then unhappy. So you can see that enjoyment and happiness actually not only are not the same, but they can even contradict each other. So no. pleasures and happiness are two different things, and that's important to understand. While pleasure is often about satisfying some of our desires and so on, happiness is really about that inner harmony, about your peace of mind. So now we have a few examples of internal conflicts. Can I ask you, when you feel pulled in two different directions by different yeah. parts of yourself, how do you tend to resolve that? With a lot of thinking. Sometimes I feel like I'm concentrating all of my energy on resolving inner conflicts. And very often that's very exhausting. I will explain why it can be very exhausting. But before we go there again, to make it clearer and easier to understand, could you give us an example of that kind of inner fight that you just mentioned? A bunch of examples where I needed to make decision. I'm seeing my client doing something that is not right. Should I tell him? Very often, people tend to get angry if you tell them that they are wrong. Okay, and then you think about what to do, to say or not to say something, and that is quite exhausting for you, right? You're very exhausting. Let me try to summarize this, and you just let me know if that makes sense to you. So there is part of you who actually wants to say something, and part of you who doesn't or is afraid to say something. Is that correct? Yes, that's okay. correct. And how do you intend to resolve that conflict? What do you do to reconcile uh, those two parts, to create an inner harmony again? Trying to find a compromise. Okay. For example, if I'm going to say something, I'm trying to wrap it up in an acceptable way. This is a very good way of dealing with internal conflicts. This is one example of integrative tactics. Many people, however, use so-called distributive tactics in which the conflict between two sides are similar to boxing match. One side fights another side to try to win. Yeah. This tactic may be useful if the reason for the conflict is not very important or there is little time to deal with that. If you are in some sort of emergency situations and part of you want to deal with the situation and part of you want to run away, you better decide what to do quickly and just suppress the other side, right? Yeah. However, it doesn't work 
in more important or in conflicts that have long-term consequences. Another distributive tactic that is very common is separatism side of the conflict. If there is no point of contact between them, a conflict may not be experienced. So you have conflict, but you don't experience that conflict. Again, to bring boxers as an example, if you put one boxer in one ring and another one in another, and they can't reach other, there'll no be conflict there. A good example of that from the literature is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Have you ever read that story? Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are very, very different. But the person doesn't experience that conflict because when he's in one state, he forgets completely about the other one. Younger listeners may be more familiar with uh, Incredible Hulk, this kind of similar thing in which these two personalities keep separate. I had also an experience with a colleague of mine who is a psychologist, particularly focusing on neuroscience, and he has completely materialistic views. So from his perspective, the brain and the mind are the same thing. There is no mind. There is no difference between these two. The mind is the brain. However, he's a Catholic. And he goes to church on Sunday. And I ask him, doesn't it create a conflict in you? And he said, no, not at all. I have one set of beliefs, Monday to Friday, and another set of beliefs where I believe in soul on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) So, So there are these ways of dealing with conflicts, but very often they are not very helpful. And also they leave you defragmented. So ultimately you want to resolve this conflict in more constructive ways, trying to reach some sort of compromise between these two sides. Let's again talk about those two boxers. Rather than fighting each other, integrative tactics about those two boxers sitting down and talking to each other, having a chat. This is another way of uh, dealing with interpersonal conflicts, conflict between people. So rather than fighting, you talk. And the same applies to our internal conflicts. You try to establish a dialogue between these two parts of yourself. One way of doing that, developed in Gestalt therapy, is so-called empty chair. Have you heard of empty chair, the empty chair Mm. intervention? Uh, No. No, Okay, so let me just very quickly describe the empty chair intervention, which can be very helpful and very useful. The first step, very important, is to listen to opposite sides of the conflict and acknowledge both sides. Letting those different voices within you To air what they want may reduce conflict in itself. You know, sometimes we just want to be heard. And that same applies to those inner voices or parts of you. They just want to be heard. Even if their demands are not met, that in itself can reduce conflict. So sometimes it is done in the following way. 
put two chairs facing each other, sit in one of them and express the views of one side of the conflict as if the other side is sitting in that empty chair. So that would mean you sit in one chair and the one, the part of you that wants to say to your client that he is stupid and that he is making a terrible mistake, yeah. you actually say that to the empty chair imagining that not the client, but the other part of you who is afraid of saying anything is sitting in that chair. When that part finishes, move to that chair and express the views of the other side. So the other side think, yeah, but that wouldn't be very good idea to do. We may lose the job. The client may get angry and so on. And that first part, suppose that to acknowledge and listen. Then you can alternate between two chairs as many times as necessary until they get to some sort of resolution, compromise, or conclusion. How does that sound? Very interesting. Uh, mm. This is the first time I heard it. Right. I just want to share with you a very successful way of resolving inner conflict that, that may help if the inner chair doesn't work or you don't have enough time to do oh. it. The point of this intervention is to clarify what is important for each side and put it together in one sentence. So in your case, that one sentence would be, I want to make my client aware that he's making mistakes and don't want to offend him. Yeah. Now, very important thing here is not to use but. If you listen carefully what I said, I said, and not to offend him, yeah. but yeah. not to offend yeah. When you put these two sides in one sentence, connected with and, meaning that you need to satisfy both sides to some degree, very often solutions come up spontaneously. In this case, you would think straight away about saying what you want to say in a way that is not offensive. So moving from either to say or not to say to how do I say it in such a way that it won't make my client angry. And that's easy to see when you put both sides in one sentence and connect them with and rather than but. Okay. Yeah, when you say but, it's, it's completely different meaning. It's completely different. But when you say but, you then have to choose between yeah. the first part of the sentence or the second part of the sentence. This is what yeah. the uh, distributive tactic. Yeah, when you put all... and, you transform that to an integrative tactic. Inter because yeah. You, yeah. I just want to say that integration. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. A lovely and simple way to resolve immediate internal conflicts if you don't have much time to attend to them. Sometimes, of course, if it's some sort of deep-seated conflict that may stem from childhood experiences or something like that, you may need to dig deeper. But we will leave that for uh, listeners to read about on the website rather than talking about that here.
I would like to ask you one thing because it's very important for me personally. As earlier I mentioned that sometimes when I get my decision, when I resolve my inner conflicts, I sometimes experience regret. Regret is very important because it's one of the most common ways we experience internal conflicts. It can be very painful. This is because it's usually about some past experiences, something that we did or didn't do in the past, and we have no chance to go back to past and make different choices or do something else. You say something, and within seconds, you regret what you said, but it's too late. You can't go back. It's done. Did you ever have regrets? I have regrets like an example that you just gave. So uh, my regrets are not uh, connected to older things. I made my peace with my decisions and, and things that I did. So I have regrets about those things that are happening now. For example, when I make a decision, a very important decision about to work about something, I come up with a solution, I do something. Then a couple of days later, I'm thinking, uh, maybe I should do differently. Is that the same as regret? Because my feeling is that you question your decision. You are uh, going uh, back uh, and question if your decision was right. No, oh. Regret is a slightly different thing. Regret is when you are absolutely certain that what you did was wrong. I think it, uh, it depends from a result that I get. If result is okay, is good, is acceptable, then I tend to think, oh, maybe I should, maybe it would be better. But if result isn't good, then I really regret that I made the, the decision. Okay, and how does regret feel? It burns me inside. It burns you inside, yes. Yeah. This is the yeah. experience. A lot of people experience that sensation when they have regrets. And uh, what do you do with regrets? How do you deal with it? Uh, I'm trying to convince myself that uh, it is what it is. Let's move on. Right. And does it work? After a while, it does. Sometimes not right away. But uh, I think that some uh, kind of protective mechanism in my mind that doesn't allow something to torment me too long. So no. I think that after, after a while, I make peace with every decision that I made. And does it apply to some major decision, let's say, from your past, maybe? Okay, yeah. except when I was uh, choosing the college, I think I made the wrong decision. I went into law school. After a while, I realized that I don't like this. Yeah. So I needed a couple of years to be brave enough to make this with the decision and to move on towards something that I like. But that wasn't easy. Do you still regret that decision now? No, no, I don't regret. I make peace because uh, later on I transfer myself to my. You, you, you change the decision, but do you have something that you still regret now? I don't have any regret. Maybe in love life, uh, some of the regrets. Uh, how should, how could I trust someone? But yeah. those are not big regrets. Those are more of the my mistakes. I look at it like my mistakes and like school for later on. And, and, and do you, uh, are you able to kind of forgive yourself and accept 
that what happened happened? Yeah, I need to. Sometimes I'm telling myself, you don't uh, make your peace with your own past. You won't be able to move on. To have a healthy love life, for example. Yes, and to have a harmony, that inner harmony that we are talking yeah, about yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. That's very important because we sometimes make a mistake and then we beat ourselves up for making that mistake. And that itself can be even a bigger mistake. So what I say to myself and to my clients in these situations is, okay, you made a mistake. Don't make now another mistake by fretting about that. Try to correct what you can correct and then move on. We are human beings. It's not possible to do everything perfectly. And the other thing that is very important in this respect is do not try to imagine alternative futures. What people often do when they make some major mistake, let's say they split up with a partner and a few months down the line, that partner moves on and then they start thinking, oh, that was really big mistake. I start thinking, if I didn't do that, if only we stayed together, my life would be much, much better. That would be all bed of roses and so on. Yeah. This is very, very unlikely because whatever alternative path you took, you would take yourself on that path. So you would still be there and possibly on that path, maybe worse things would happen than what's happening in your life right now. Have you ever seen the movie The Sliding Door? No, I cannot say that I did. No. That's a very interesting movie because it starts with two alternative futures, if you like, that depended on a very small thing. If the main character would enter the train or the door would shut before she managed to do that. And that kind of changed her life in two very different directions. Yeah. And the first direction, the first narrative was... Uh, not very good or happy life. The second one was very good. She met a person that she loved and everything was going on well. But that at one point, uh, spoiler alert, at one point she was hit by a car and died. While in the mm -hmm. first situation, maybe she wasn't as happy as in the second, but she was still alive. So we so, never know what would happen if we took a different road in our life. And that's why there is no point to imagine those alternatives, because whatever we imagine must be and always is an idealized version in which everything is perfect, nothing goes wrong, and that's not how reality would have been. We, we don't know. What's we don't reality? know. We don't no. know. So there is no There's point no. to imagine something that almost certainly would not have turned up in that way that we imagined. Yeah. yeah. People doing that very often. Yes. Sometimes yeah. very creative and intelligent people fall into that trap. And then 
We leave it constant internal conflict and leave it a constant um, regret, with, uh, lasting regret and lasting internal conflict. No. We just make them unhappy and ruins their existing life, that it's only life that they actually have. Those alternatives are just fantasies that don't really exist. Thank you, Nesh. Many people have inner conflicts, and I think this was very helpful. I want to say to our listeners that they can read about Harmony and our other subjects on our website, personalsynthesis.com. Yes, if they have any questions or any comments, we would be very happy to receive them and answer to them. Thank you. Thank you, Nesh. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.